Well, so good to see you this morning and see so many familiar faces from uh, the weekend. And what a time of fellowship we had. And I, I wish I could come back and be a part of the four Ds on uh, those opportunities you're going to have. It just sounds like a very encouraging time. And even uh, this morning, I've been welcomed uh, very well. And I, I thank you for uh, the opportunity of being able to have a great privilege in being able to open God's word. Um, but it, it is always good to uh, come home uh, to Michigan. I still have family in the area, and uh, I am going to um, probably zip out not long after the service and go have lunch with some of my family in the Troy area. Uh, that's where they've kind of landed um, over that way. And uh, I still have a sister that lives here and then some nieces and, look, and a nephew. I'm not sure if it's going to work out for him to be able to come. Um, but it was exciting to go to the M-Den. Uh, that was my first opportunity there. And yeah, I was like a kid in the candy store. Uh, it was just amazing. And <clears throat> got to watch some of the Michigan game uh, while it was going on. Yeah, got to be nervous a little bit during the Michigan game. Um, and glad to see that they at least pulled out the W. And we'll see uh, how it goes from there. Also got to enjoy some Verners. Uh, yes, welcome home to Michigan. Uh, that is just a, a, a drink like none other. And I, you don't get that down south. Um, but then also uh, a Fago rock and rye. Uh, yes, all right. We've got some fans. Uh, that's awesome. And Steve uh, blessed me. I mentioned it yesterday in the men's group um, because in the South, we have a drink down there that's called Cheerwine, and it's really popular. And I had a drink of that, and I was like, yeah, I've had something like this before. You take a rock and rye, and you put it on ice. You let all that ice melt, and then you drink it. And that's what this Cheerwine tastes like. Uh, it's just a watered-down uh, rock and rye. So I have not drank Cheerwine very many times, but I enjoyed uh, the rock and rye uh, yesterday. And then the Reuben sandwich there at, at Zengerman's, uh, that, was, that was good. That rye bread, uh, incredible. And then Brian, is he still in here? Brian, right over here, he opened up the toolbox of spice and uh, all the different flavors and the, the levels of heat and I did okay with it. Um, very good. He brought me in some of his hottest this morning and so I took a little bite of that and uh, on a cracker and it was good. It, it did, it lit me up, uh, handled it okay. And then he told me, yeah, I had that. And about 20 minutes later, I bent over in pain. I'm like, oh, thanks. Give me that before I speak. Uh, so, so if I uh, quickly have a word of prayer and usher out, you know what's going on. Um, but playing soccer here, uh, I do remember, I don't remember much about coming to Calvary of Ypsilanti to play. I, I don't remember. 
I don't remember much about the basketball and soccer and uh, baseball time because we were pretty bad. Uh, it, it, was, it was ugly when we played um, other schools for the most part. Uh, but I do remember it was our first year for soccer. And so we were playing. We came here and played. But you guys had the shortest field in the conference at that time. So I don't know if you expanded later or whatever, but our goalie threw the ball from the goalie box, so real close to the goal, all the way to the goalie box on the other side. And one of our front linemen trapped the ball and turned around and kicked and scored. And so that, that's my one memory. It was not me being a part of any one of that. Uh, but I remember that. It was, it was a good opportunity. Well, let's start with a word of prayer and uh, be able to get into this beautiful psalm. Father, I, I thank you for the privilege of being here this morning, um, being able to be with these believers, the time that we had this weekend to get to know the men, the fellowship that we had there, and the kindred spirit uh, that we can have in you. And what a blessing. What a blessing that is. And now as we look into your word, this word uh, that uh, impacted David so much that he had to write it down. And it's been blessing people through the years. And now this morning, uh, we get to look at it and get to be blessed by it. And uh, help me to think clearly, be able to communicate clearly, and, and I pray that the people here will be looking to learn, looking to change, and uh, looking to grow in their knowledge of you so that they can put that into action uh, this week. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I started thinking as I was um, just really humbled with the opportunity to be able to come and speak. Uh, I was in India uh, when I got the email from Jim asking me to come and speak. And, and I really was excited uh, to say yes to this because, uh, yes, I'm a few years older than Jim, but um, he, he is one of my heroes. When he comes back to the wilds and speak, I always uh, make sure that I, uh, I get to listen. And I... I thoroughly enjoy his handling of the word, and he is a, a, a better man because of me listening, uh, because he has gone on many runs with me, and he didn't even know it. Uh, so put on the headset, and I listen to him as we go running, and so I'm sure vicariously uh, you benefited from those opportunities uh, on the trails. Um, but then I started thinking, now wait a second. Uh, that's right before Thanksgiving. And, and what is a, a passage that maybe would be able to tie in a, a little bit? And it's not truly just about Thanksgiving, but the tasting his goodness. Because what do you think about when you think about uh, Thanksgiving but food, right? And some of you already have your favorite foods. It's going through your mind uh, that coming coming your way this week. Um, but Psalm 34, verse 8. And I feel like this is really the key verse of this passage. By the way, um, let me give one more uh, just preliminary note here. There is no 
way that we're going to be able to handle all that's in Psalm 34 this morning. Okay, no way. Um, but what I'm trying to do is just give an overview and excite you to say, I've got to dig into that. I I've got to get in there and learn more about what David had for us and what was, what was going on in David's mind at that time. So again, I'm just going to give some of the highlights here, some things that have just really blessed me through the years. But Psalm 34, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him or takes refuge in him. Taste. Well, as, he, as uh, Jim mentioned, I get an opportunity to go all around the world. And I have experienced a lot around the world, but I have experienced a lot of food around the world. I've had squid on the stick, and uh, I'll tell you, that was amazing. I went back and got a couple more of those. Um, I had goat throat. That's a little hard to swallow. And in, in Africa, uh, in Togo, where's Fred? Okay, so this happened in Togo. He and I have been sharing some stories about that uh, place. Uh, but in Togo, the fish head came up and the young man's soup that was next to me. And he looked at me and he said, do you want this? Well, I'm just letting you know that that was a great sacrifice to him. And so I said, sure. And so I took it and I enjoyed the head of that fish. Yes, every bit, the eyeballs, the brain, the little pockets that's around there. And, and because I could tell that was a great sacrifice, but just to let you know that I had a fish head come up in my soup, I'm just that kind of guy. I offered it to him. <laughs> and uh, he was like, really? You would give that to me? I'm like, yep, I'm just that kind of guy. So I've had every bit of the chicken. And uh, I, I will say, you know, in the hardest part of that sometimes is in China uh, because you're not sharing, I mean, you are truly sharing the meal with them because they'll take their chopsticks and move the chicken around on the platter and then w to get the piece they want. And you're like, okay, which one didn't they touch? And uh, go back for that. I've had porcupine. And uh, you know the neat thing about porcupine is it comes with its own chopsticks, right? <laughs> and toothpicks for later, right? Um, Goosefoot, and uh, I tell you, Goosefoot, uh, you, you brought it up, and it sort of looked like white styrofoam. And if it would have tasted that good, I would have been really happy. Uh, it, it just, I had a hard time with the Goosefoot. Um, supposedly, I had Fido, so dog. And so the chopstick was going back and forth, playing a little trombone with that meat. And uh, then I took it, and I was like, hey, that's pretty good. So I went back for seconds. And uh, so, you know, talking about tasting the food. Now, in Paraguay, I went to this restaurant, and there was a wall of fire. And probably from that beam, that first beam over there to this beam, it was just a wall of fire. 
and there was meat on spits that was just turning. And you walked in, and the, the smell was just amazing. And they had all kinds of meat on that. And the beauty of this style of restaurant, Brazilian-style restaurant, is you put the green sign out. And they just keep bringing the food to you. So it's not even like a buffet where you get some exercise in between. No, the food just keeps bringing, brought to you and they slice it and put it on your plate. And I mean, it was incredible. You about, talk about a kid in the candy store, right? Uh, it was in, unbelievable. But the missionary kept on saying, no, wait, wait, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so then he actually had to ask for it. And they brought, they said, it's coming. And they brought it out. And this meat was so tender. They sl he sliced it off. I put it in. You could just use your fork. It was a type of steak, but you could just cut it with your fork. It was so tender. You put it in your mouth, and it just, you didn't have to chew it. It just slid right down. It was just absolutely incredible. And what it was, it was from the hump of the Brahma bull, and it was just phenomenal. Now, you say, Dan, I'm gone. I'm ready to eat lunch right now, right? And all of you are thinking, oh, man, it's not long. I'm going to get to have some food. You know what? I could keep going on and on talking about food and what it tastes like, but it means nothing until you taste it for yourself. And it becomes a reality to you. Have you tasted of God's goodness? Now the question is, probably for most of you, are you continuing to taste his goodness over and over and over again? Keep running back to the gospel and letting it impact you. Taste his goodness because he is good. He is good all the time and all the time he is good. Now the word good in English language comes, comes at us many different ways. It's a favorable standard of life. Um, he was good to me, so he was kind. Uh, it was ample. There, he picked a good amount of apples. Helpful. He gave me some good advice. Uh, genuine, that was a good dollar bill. Uh, by the way, I'm just still wondering if anybody claimed that money. I, by the way, I found a roll of 20s and uh, 50s, and it was in a rubber band, and I have your rubber band here someplace, right? Uh, so a good dollar bill. Abel, uh, he is good for that $1,000. Or virtuous. You're a good man, Charlie Brown, right? So good comes at us so many different ways. But are you helping others see how good God is? And helping people to understand how to trust him. Now, let's start looking at this psalm, um, going back up to the front, to the top. Psalm 34, 1. A psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. 
okay, what's going on here? Where, where, where's David in his life? He is on the run. He is on the run from Saul and his armies. Now, it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm not going to get into this, but he ended up going to the Philistines. I, I still don't quite get that. And he had interaction back and forth because he was pretty well known for the guy that took care of Goliath, right? Um, but what else is going on or had gone on in David's life? He, he had the top songs in the country being sung about him. He was on that top 10 list. And, and so he was so well known. He had eaten at the table of the king. And now he was running for his life. And what was happening? He was also getting a lot of men coming his way. Now, these men were not the fine, upstanding men in Israel. They were disgruntled men. They had their issues and you know what he could have easily done? Is he could have easily caused a revolt, right? And he was training them how to fight. But he didn't. He said, hey men, let me teach you about my God. So Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. See, that's what he said to his men. Guys, let's magnify our God. Let's exalt his name. So what does magnify mean? To make large. Do we magnify our God to the people around us? In our homes? Fathers, do your children know how big your God is? Struggles come your way and you say, hey, come with me. Let's look in God's word and see how we're going to be able to make it through this difficult time. Or do you complain? Moms, the Thanksgiving meal does not come out the way you want it to come out. But are you okay? Because we've got a good God. Because you're teaching all the time and an opportunity to show God is big enough to make us get through any of the struggles of life. You know, to magnify, to make large. Uh, we at the camp used to have a telescope that was used by NASA in the early uh, or in the mid-60s to track the Apollo missions. And it was pretty cool as Lyle Johnson, the one that developed the telescope, it was used up the Maryland area, and he brought it down to the wilds. Man, I tell you, you could see the moon and see the craters and see it up close. Now, of course, that's an older telescope. Uh, the one that's in your basement uh, is probably almost as powerful as that one was, even though it was huge, uh, because the technology getting better and better and better. And, but you know what? Telescopes didn't 
come into existence until the 1600s. Because we instantly think magnify, we understand, right? Some of you have glasses on. David didn't, that time, they didn't have glasses. They didn't have telescopes. So magnify, how does somebody else at this time help somebody else make something look large? They talk about it over and over and over again and explain, and, and give examples. And that is our opportunity. You're going to have a lot of relatives coming at you this week, the next six weeks. An opportunity to let them know how big, how great your God is and how good he is. And as I said to the men yesterday, there's a lot of life that's in front of me right here. A lot of you are going through, through so many different struggles. Are you showing how big and how good your God is all the time? You know, a simple thing happened to me in the Philippines uh, this, this year, but it just impacted me greatly. I was, the day I was supposed to be leaving the Philippines, I noticed that I didn't have as much time as I thought I had at the airport in Manila. And so I was supposed to get a longer time, but that never happened. And I was like, we, we forgot to change that. And so then I get on the plane to fly to Manila and I sat on the tarmac for an extra 45 minutes. So now I'm getting to Manila and I have a very short time, and I'm talking to people around me. How do I navigate this? Because there, I'm going to have to change airports in Manila. And Manila traffic is just incredible. It's awful. And everybody said, do not get on the public system. Go and get a taxi and be able to get over there, and you might make it. So I'm talking to different people as I pick up my luggage, and it takes a while for my luggage to come, so I go out and everybody else has the exact same idea because the line for the public taxi is over an hour long. And so I'm talking to some of these people that are in line and I'm saying, hey, um, is it, would, I am gonna miss my flight. I really want it, I need to get home. Can, can I get in here? And all of a sudden, people that you know would understand English, they're, no. You know, they, they don't understand English at all, you know. And so I'm like, ugh. And so I looked over and the bus came for the public transit. Like, you know what? I'm going to hop on. And so I hopped on and it took less than 15 minutes to get from that place to the other place. The Manila traffic just opened up and I was able to just clear sailings to get over there. The desk counter was closing for my flight. And so I walked in. I said, hey, hey, hey I'm coming. They said, we're, sorry, we're closed. And I'm handing them my passport as they're saying, no, 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 it's closed. And they looked it up, and the guy still put in my name. And he looked over, and he said, he's gold. I said, yeah, I'm gold. I'm gold. You know, I'm trying to get on that flight in the worst way to get home. And uh, they said, okay we'll let you get on. You know, it's just a simple thing, but God is good all the time.
There would have been great complications if I would have missed that flight, trying to find a hotel at midnight uh, in Manila and trying to, you know what? That's just a simple thing. But I've told that story over and over again, just uh, how good God is. Now, I've had other t stories of where things got pretty intense. But are we constantly, constantly telling of God's goodness and how big and exalted our God is. Now, let's look at verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack, suffer hunger, but they seek the Lord. They shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life, loveth many days, that he may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil, thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We talked about that this weekend. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Simply here, we have an opportunity to trust his goodness, but we need to fear his goodness as well, to fear his goodness. We have to ma magnify his goodness, fear his goodness. To the men, I shared Hebrews chapter 11. Moses endured as seeing him was invisible. See, it's realizing that God is with us at all times. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. We see here in verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto the cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. See, to have the proper fear is to have the proper realization of who God is because God is cares about us and his eyes are on us his face is paying attention to us all the time and because of that fear that should change the way we act we should be paying attention wait a second God's seeing this God's hearing me God's listening to me right now and you might say you know what I can't control the way I am my, my dad was angry. My mom was angry. I'm just an angry person. Well, I, I say, you know what? I think you can. And here's a thought. Okay, let's say there's a discussion going on in your house. And it's... And then... Going back and forth, right? I doubt any of you know what I'm talking about. But let's say that there's a discussion going on in your house and then all of a sudden and you open up the door and it's oh hello pastor Shh. how can we help you pastor all of a sudden you're in control of your emotions aren't you that anger is subsided why because you have a respect or who's in your presence. We need to have a proper fear of God because we have a respect 
who's in our presence. And trust his goodness. Look at verse 17. The righteous cry, the Lord heareth and delivereth him out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save as such be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Do you notice here that it doesn't say that we're not going to have fears? We're not going to have troubles. No, you will have troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And you say, wait a second, I didn't sign up for this. Everything was supposed to be good. Everything's supposed to be easy now that I'm a believer. No, God doesn't say that. Man, what David was going through was incredible. And he could have caused a rebellion, but no, he didn't. He said, you know what? Let's look and see how big our God is through these troubles through this. And so it's trusting, trusting God. Elizabeth Brooks, no relation to me, but she used to come to the wilds. And as a 12-year-old, she contracted cancer. I knew her mom when she was 12 years old coming to the wilds. Yeah, I've been there forever. And seeing her mom and now dealing with this, the cancer, and tough, tough years. But Elizabeth Brooks just had a contagious smile and a joy about her through all of those struggles. And we kept close tabs on her. We had victories where the cancer was gone. And then it came back, and it came back with a vengeance. And she was going to Memphis. She was going to a lot of different hospitals for treatments. And I was at a place where a nurse was giving a testimony about Elizabeth. It was actually at Elizabeth's graduation from high school, and some of the nurses came. And Elizabeth was actually close to death at the time. I think she lived another six months uh, after that. But her smile, got a picture with her, just contagious. But a nurse got up, and she said, you know, my day started, and the kids were complaining about the lunch that I put together for them. And then um, I had a problem with my breakfast. It didn't pan out well. And so then I was on my way to work. Traffic was really bad. And I stopped in at Starbucks and they got my order wrong. And then I walked into the hospital room and I was greeted by Elizabeth saying, hey, good to see you. How are you? And she looked, the nurse looked and just said, here, I'm so worried about this and this and this, and I don't have cancer. And Elizabeth is so caring. She's trusting in a higher power. What a testimony. What a testimony of Elizabeth. Or how about you? Are those little things, the things that pile up, in your life and just really impact your day? Or do you say, oh, it's okay. The men know this phrase, it's okay. I've got Christ, it's okay. Because you have Christ. Now, what's interesting is the next verse, he keepeth, verse 20, 
He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. And looking at trust and, and, and looking at those verses, and then all of a sudden, we're talking about a prophecy of Christ and that he kept his bones. And I was really confused as to how all this fit together. And, you know, again, just simply put, Christ was letting us realize that he was in complete control on a day that everything seemed out of control. Think about that Friday when he had all of his disciples leave, run, and flee. Wait, they were the guys that are plan A. They, he, these guys are the ones that are supposed to carry on my ministry, and they fled. And then he started getting beaten, and his beard was ripped out. And, and he was beaten, and a crown of thorns put on his head. And then he was put on a cross. And he was, before that, he was scourged over and over and over again. And, and you know what? He was saying, you can do all that, but you're not going to break a bone. And I'll tell you, I've broken multiple bones. Yeah, I'm clumsy. I, I would much rather have a broken bone than some of the things I read that Christ went through, right? So what is the big deal that he kept all his bones? He, he said he would. He keeps his promises. And this, ver this chapter talks about how not that we're not going to have problems, but God is the answer to our problems. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but we can still trust God through it all. So, as we finish, do you continue to taste his goodness? Make it a part of you? Are you magnifying his goodness to the people around you? Are you feeling, fearing his goodness, living life, realizing his presence? Are you trusting his goodness, living life, realizing his presence? A refuge, a refuge, that trust, a refuge in Christ. Father, this was such a quick overview of such a powerful, powerful passage. Again, I, I pray that it maybe uh, struck a chord in somebody's heart to be more ready for a time of thanksgiving, a time of celebration of your son coming, or just be ready for to rest of today and a Monday coming our way. Help us to magnify you, to trust you, because we taste your goodness all the time. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.